Cover two. Welcome, everybody, to the Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with my man, Hooman. How's it going today, Hooman? I am back, Will. Well, I'm happy that you're here. I know that our listeners are as well. We're going to go through some things that happened last week. We're going to talk about what's going on this week and who you maybe should start, sit, and all the in-between. So what was something that you saw last week that might, you know, make you want to start them this week? What I saw last week more so that worries me about this week with a lot of the injuries going around, and I'm not sure if that's, a, you know, a, in correlation to there being one less preseason game or what, but we did see a lot of, especially with quarterbacks this past week, get injured. But one player that stood out to me that if you kind of punted on quarterback in the draft season um, and you're sitting there without really much to go with right now, a couple guys that are standing out this early in the season are Daniel Jones and Teddy Bridgewater, who, I mean, I looked in all my leagues before we got on, and I've got every league that Daniel Jones is available in that I'm in. He is, you know, top 10 quarterback right now in fantasy. And I think the big change here is that he is getting that work in the running game. I think they're finally starting to lean on that with him, and which is going to give you a high floor. And he's playing pretty safe football as far as not turning the ball over it's just a matter of how long is that going to last so i think it'd be okay this week against atlanta um i would worry about it long term though yeah it's very weird if you think about it like daniel jones is up but yet saquon is not and neither is galloway you know that is just so crazy for me for the giants that you have daniel jones going going so well and then you have josh allen who's ranked 18th in fantasy football it's crazy to me yeah a lot of josh allen owners are worried i wouldn't worry that too much i think it's just a matter of the fact that they played a couple tough defenses there in the first two games uh i it's very clear that they definitely do want to still be a pass first team even though we did have a little bit of you know we, we're having we're seeing some success with devin singletary and zach moss and i know you want to talk about those two but I don't think Buffalo's identity is going to be a run team for the duration of the season. I mean, I think it was in the first game. What did Allen have? 40-plus uh, pass attempts in the first game? And he still wasn't producing that much. I mean, obviously, it was a tough game. He threw some picks in that game. But, you know, going back to your quarterbacks and hurt ones, I want to tell you about something that happened this week for me. I had Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, I'm excited. Tyrod scores that touchdown, and then I come at halftime, and he's hurt. And now I lost my starting quarterback. What do I do if I can't pick up a guy like Daniel Jones? Do I go after somebody like a Trevor Lawrence or a you know Zach Wilson, even though they haven't played well, but maybe just to hopefully you know span the tide in a way? Well, I think when we ended draft season, I I remember I said that Zach Wilson's a guy that you can pick up, and he's a day one starter, unlike Fields or Trey Lance where you had to kind of wait for them. And now that, you know, we're upon the arrival of Justin Fields this weekend with his first start coming up, I, I, I'm kind of stepping back from the Zach Wilson uh, statement just after week two. For week one, I think it looked like kind of a decent play. Um, after week two with those interceptions, I think that's maybe something we want to wait on, especially if you're going to – I would pick the matchup, especially if you're going to use Zach Wilson. 
I think Trevor Lawrence, with that team being as bad as it is, they're going to play, be playing with a negative game script all season long. So that's going to put them in pass-heavy situations. And I think he'll have the volume. Even with the turnovers he's having, uh, I think we're seeing decent fantasy output from Trevor Lawrence. But uh, it's hard for me to believe that Daniel Jones isn't on someone's waivers. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, you know, once he's back in, Tyrod Taylor, once he comes back, if he comes back, if unless Davis Mills really shines, those are kind of the guys that you could be looking for. I'm sure there was probably a rush to sign Jameis Winston, but he might have been dropped. That's one of the things I always like to do is uh, when waivers go through on Wednesday morning, is to look at who are the players that were dropped to pick up, you know, the the fancy new toy for the week. Because those players that were dropped could be someone that could help you this coming weekend. Yeah, and you know, looking at the running back, I have a Derrick Henry. I'm a big Derrick Henry lover, and he has three terrible halves. And then, I don't know what they did, but they were like, maybe we should go back to the game plan we did last year and just give him the ball. And he destroyed it in the second half. What a great half he had, having 50 points or more in a lot of the fantasy leagues out there. Yeah, and what's a little bit of a scary thought, a scary thought in a good way about Derrick Henry is that, you know, week one, we saw him involved slightly in the passing game. Week two, four receptions, and I believe six targets or five targets, Mm -hmm. which is completely different and out of the scope of what we're used to with Derrick Henry. And it might be the fact that, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator in there. Uh, who's a little bit different than Arthur Smith. And Arthur Smith is, you know, he's going to ground it, he's going to run it, and he's got a third down back specialist. But if they can actually start getting Derrick Henry involved in the passing game, because he's a good receiver. He, we, we've seen him catch the ball out of the backfield. And one of the other things is you're getting him away from the, the line of scrimmage. You're getting him away from the crowded box where he'll have two guys that he has to beat. And if he, if he gets a full head of steam, he's tough to bring down. We know that. And talking about guys that catch the ball in the backfield, this one killed me. I was up 92 points going to last week, and the person I was playing had Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Mason Crosby. Yeah, I lost by three. Yeah, so he had the Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers stack. He had the Aaron stack that beat you. Four touchdowns, three touchdowns from Rodgers, and... I just couldn't believe it. Losing by three points. All I needed them is not to throw a touchdown to Aaron Jones once. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones actually helped me. I was on the other end of a deficit like that, and I ended up winning comfortably because of Aaron Jones. Well, good for you. But, you know, looking at the running backs that are coming out, Michael Carter had a decent game, which we talked about a lot. And then, of course, running backs that, you know, we want to look at as we talked about earlier zach moss uh had a good game after being left off the field week one and singletary had a decent game but you know moss had all the touchdowns who do you think is going to be a starter there oh man well that's asking me a really crappy question because i i don't know one and two i don't know if i'd want a piece of it regardless of who it is yeah it's They've had a little bit of success here in the first two weeks, but I I was a part of that experience with the Zach Moss, Devin Singletary uh, ride on one of my teams last season, and I don't want any part of that this year. If I had to guess, I think Devin Singletary has looked the better of the two, even though Zach Moss had the long run last week. 
I think Devin Singletary has been a little bit more consistent. So I would rate him a little bit higher. If you're looking to really marry one of those pieces in that backfield, I would go with Devin Singletary personally. Well, I don't want to give up on it, but you've already put it on me after our rankings really early on the season. Marquez Callaway, three points, two games. I'm not looking too good. Yeah, he's a drop candidate. If you've got him on your rosters and you're looking to free up space to pick up a free agent, um, that is the the person that I would be dropping. And as we're saying that, Will and I right now are recording on Thursday night with uh, the Carolina Panthers playing the Houston Texans. And big fantasy news here. I don't know how it'll play out, but Christian McCaffrey has gone into the medical tents. Mm, that's not good. Definitely not good for all those owners. And, you know, I was I was on the hook maybe making a trade for McCaffrey. I mean, I was going to have to give up a lot, but I'm glad that didn't happen now. So, Will, really quick, let's talk about running backs a little bit. Um, who are a couple guys you're a little bit worried about at the running back position? I, I don't – I'm worried about him, but I think he's going to break out, and that's Kamara. That offense has not looked great with him and Jameis and – the two of them together um, hasn't been a, a, a chemistry factor yet. However, I'm not ready to give up on him. He's got the high-end credentials to you know really make it happen for the rest of the season. So he is worrying me uh, a little bit this season. And you know I know that he's had okay games, but uh, Sanders in Philadelphia, you know I'm worried because Gainwell's getting some touches, getting some touchdowns, and you know with Miles Sanders. As the number one, he's still getting the carries, but I just don't see him being the guy that you want to have for three down back. I I like Sanders. Uh, we, we are seeing Kenny Gainwell get used a little bit more. Um, I, you know, you said you're not too worried about Kamara, but through the first two games, he is, I think, in the bottom five of yards per touch in the NFL right now, which is a pretty alarming statistic for him. It's a very small sample size. We know that. And we know that Sean Payton is pretty great at what he does and he's going to adjust and he can get it going. But I'm not necessarily worried about Kamara, but it's not also something that I'm not not worried about. A couple guys that I want to bring up that I want to see where you feel about them as far as, you know, concern. One is Najee Harris. Let's also talk about Antonio Gibson. And let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're all three running backs who have had pretty, I don't even know if subpar is the right word, but pretty poor first two games com- considering what you would have spent on them as far as draft equity. So what are your thoughts on those three guys? Well, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it's almost time to just sell him all the way because he had a, a, a horrible last year. This year is not starting that well. They're really just throwing the ball, which is not surprising because they have the best quarterback in in the NFL and probably definitely the best tight end and the def, definitely Tyreek Hill being the best wide receiver. Uh, so it's kind of hard to hate that they're not going to the running back. So that's probably the out of the three that you named, the one that I'm like, I, I really don't want to start him anymore. I, I can't do it until I see something out of him. I think he's a suitable third running back, especially being a part of that offense with the, you know, uh, being one of the top scoring offenses in the league and having a piece of that. My concern is that, you know, they brought in Clyde and they drafted him with, you know, a number one draft pick. 
because he was a guy at LSU that could catch out of the backfield and is actually a great wide receiver, but we have not seen Andy Reid actually be able to implement that and take advantage of that. So that's where I, I think of the three, he might be – nah, he's probably in the middle as far as my, my concern on these three. I am actually not concerned with either of Najee or Antonio Gibson. I know that Gibson's been kind of hurt by his backup, but you know I think Gibson's going to continue. I think the problem with Gibson was quarterback. He had they had a, a plan in place, and he had a decent first couple of drives with Fitzpatrick there, and then of course it all changed. I think that's what's hurting him. Najee, I think he's just doing a little, trying to do too much, and so that's his problem. But I think he'll settle down as the season goes on. Yeah, I. For Najee, I mean, the volume's there. The volume is exactly what we said would be there. He's got 100% snap share, and I, I, you can't get better than that. That's amazing. And he's getting volume. And, you know, I think we had mentioned it that the Pittsburgh offensive line is not a good offensive line, and I think we're starting to see that manifest in their difficulties on offense and their difficulty establishing the run like they had trouble with last year. So my hope is with Najee is that they do get him more involved in the passing game or if that line finally starts to come together. Uh, I do have actually a little bit of concern with Antonio Gibson, and you know I've got him in, in the league that you and I are in together. I do have Antonio Gibson in there, and you know I do have a little bit of concerns because – the hope was that this year he would take on more of the passing down work because he is actually a great, you know, catcher of the ball. So he has that capability. It's just, you know, you got JD McKissick that's, you know, vulturing that work. And I mean, McKissick is great at it. It's just a really strange situation. I'm not sure I got, we know that Antonio Gibson has the talent. I think the talent is going to really end up coming through at the end. But that's someone I'm a little bit concerned about because McKissick has, you know, established himself in his career as that passing down running back. So that's something I'm a little bit worried about as far as the running backs are concerned. Well, let's look at some wide receivers. You know, we've got two guys that have kind of surprised a lot of people. Henry Ruggs, of course, out there in Vegas. Um, I was really shocked about his production the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, you know, Jalen Waddle. I'm, I can't believe that Waddle's getting all the time. But, of course, with you know Will Fuller out and, and um, them not going to Gesicki at all, maybe it's not such a surprise. But what do you think about the two of them, and who would you choose between the two going into week three? If I had to choose between those two? Ruggs, I think you have that upside of the big play. I, can, I think we see that the, what the Raiders' identity is going to be this year. They're just they're, – I think they're, they're modeling themselves after the Buffalo Bills from last year, and they've got – their car they've got some weapons and i think they're just going to be unleashing the pass they don't really have i mean they've got josh jacobs but he's been an inconsistent running back they've got Kenyon drake but they're not committing to it so you know i think they'll use the running back as needed but i think that's going to be a team that's really going to start you know just embracing the passing offense and go for it so i think rugs would be a nice flyer to have but if i'm talking about what these wide receivers that have had unexpected starts this season of those two, if I could throw in a third name of Sterling Shepard, where if he's on your waiver wires and he hasn't already been scooped up, please go grab him. And now that might just be a temporary, you know, characteristic for now with Sterling Shepard because Evan Ingram's still out. And I think once Ingram gets acclimated back into the offense, some of those 
you know, targets will go away, but you know, Kenny Galladay's kind of dealing with an injury again. So maybe it levels out and Sterling Shepard stays as Daniel Jones's security blanket. It's interesting. Obviously my man, Corey Davis had a good week one, terrible week two, but you know, that was probably really more of the quarterback play than anything else, but really Robert Woods. I'm really shocked about the lack of production of Robert Woods based on the Cups getting all the ball all the time. What do you think is going to happen between Woods and Cup as we go forward? Well, I think it's pretty clear that Cooper Cup is Matthew Stafford's go-to guy, and I think that's something that you and I had speculated on. I wanted to hope it would be Robert Woods because he kind of, you know, he's the Swiss Army knife of that offense, but you can really see it right away that, Stafford is locked in on Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is getting wide open. He's a great talent. I, I think it's going to kind of stay this way. I think if you invested high draft capital in Robert Woods, you might be hurting a little bit this year. Tight ends. We'll finish off with some tight ends. Obviously, we know the number ones. Kelsey is dominating. Waller had not as good as the game he did week one, but still really good. But Kittle, George Kittle, struggling in that offense. Um, that whole offense is struggling with no running backs every week. Uh, what do you think that Kittle's, you know, ceiling is going to be going to week three? Oh man, I don't know, Will. Uh, that's that's something that's that's stinging me a little bit because I uh, I've got in one of my big leagues I do have George Kittle, who was one of my keepers, and you know I I was a Raheem Mostert drafter, so I did draft Mostert. So I've been playing the waiver wire game of where I spent a ton of fab and by ton, I mean 60% of my fab on Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and since then I've picked up uh, Jacques Patrick and Jamichael hasty. And I've got Jeff Wilson in my IR spot. So I have about five uh, roster spots devoted to San Francisco running backs at the moment. One to George Kittle also. And then I also have Brandon Ayuk. So I'm pretty invested in 49ers offense, which is a terrible thing to be right now. And I'm not happy. And I, I don't know how I'm 2-0 in this league, but I've made it this far. And I hope that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or hopefully soon Trey Lance figures out that George Kittle's a pretty great tight end and he should probably get some targets. Well, you know, Brandon Ayuk, I was going to want to talk about him as well. You know, uh, just such a surprise. You know, they talk about him possibly being the doghouse and – the lack of production, obviously, because the lack of snaps. Uh, Debo Samuel having a great year so far. I know that's probably killing you a little bit, but, you know, do you think this offense needs to go more dynamic and probably just say, okay, it's time um, to get rid of Garoppolo and, and move on to the rookie? Uh, I mean, they're they're winning games, so I, I you can't really pull that trigger yet. Um I, I, just, I don't think it's the right time just yet, but I think it's inevitable. I think I'm going to go ahead and step out on a limb here and say week six, week seven, I think we'll see Trey Lance probably take over by then. Um, as far as Ayuk is, is concerned, I'm holding him. I, I know I've seen in some places he's being dropped. Do not drop Brandon Ayuk. I think it's going to all sort itself out. The talent is there. We saw him do it over a sustained period of time to end the season last year. We see the talent he has. Now he is. It's. It, it, I think it's a combination of the him recovering from the injury he had, and getting in the doghouse with Shanahan. And I think eventually he is going to kind of reclaim that position where we see Debo. And I, I mean, will 
Debo Samuel hasn't finished the season in his career. It's granted it's a small, short career, but he averages, I think, playing six, seven games a season. I He's not long for this season with the way he's playing. He's a very physical, amazing football player, but that physicality does get him in trouble with those injuries. So I'm holding Ayuk. I think he's going to be fine. Um, one thing I do want to talk about with tight ends, and I kind of want to parade around a little bit by with our preseason rankings here with TJ Hawkinson, because he has proved his worth so far uh, early in the season here with Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions just needing to throw the ball over and over and over. And like we talked about in draft season, there really are not any receiving options there. It is TJ Hawkinson and the running backs, which is what we can see now based off of the target shares that we see for the, the backs, the running backs in Detroit. So if we're taking a look at Detroit and let me throw some statistics here your way, they have, they're averaging 45 and a half targets per game. Uh, of those targets, 45% are going to wide receivers, 33% to the running backs, 33% of the targets to running backs, and then 22% to the tight end, um, which is a 22% share just for TJ Hawkinson. And then a 33% share for, you know, between Swift and Jamal Williams. So if you're a Hawkinson, Swift, or Williams owner, you're sitting pretty for the rest of the season, right, with these targets. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about Jamal Williams early on, you know, this year that we thought, you know, he could be a big factor for that team with that negative game script. But Swift has really performed well. Same thing, and, and they're kind of, it's just who's on the field, you know, basically for them as far as running backs go. Um, and the tight ends are a wasteland like they've been for many years, but I feel like they're even worse than they've been in the past couple of years because there's really four guys that you would say, okay, I'll start them. I feel really comfortable with them. And unfortunately, right now, it's not Kittle. It's probably Andrews. And so out of those four, those are it. And then after that, it's like, oh, my gosh, who am I going to start this week? Yeah, and I want to throw some a couple guys onto the radar for some people out there that are looking for tight ends. So we're talking about you know targets per game and the percent share to whichever position uh a team that has only averaging 24 targets per game however 45 nearly 46 percent of those are to the tight end guess what team that would be will buffalo no it's not it's the Mm. cleveland browns and right now jarvis landry's out Mm -hmm. uh we know that Odell Beckham is coming back off an injury. He's going to be active this week. But Baker has shown this season, he's looking at those tight ends, whether it's Hooper or Hurst. Um, I picked up Hooper in one of my leagues just to have as, you know, insurance if this trend keeps up, if those targets continue. That's just an interesting statistic because that's a very high target share to one specific position. They've only got 20, I'm sorry, 33% to the wide receivers, which is the lowest in the league right now. That is surprising. You know, speaking of Buffalo, because I obviously brought them up, Dawson Knox had a touchdown this past week. Uh, He's been a waiver wire claim for some people, you know, that are searching for something in their tight end position. But going into this week, do you start Dawson Knox or do you start Jack Doyle? Uh, I'm going Jack Doyle. So keeping up with these statistics since I have them out, Buffalo has the second lowest target share to the tight ends. Um, I think you're going to be just touchdown dependent. Indianapolis, 
uh, we do have actually a little bit higher there. We got a 23.2% target share to the tight ends. And that was with Carson Wentz, who we knew liked to throw to the tight ends with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard over in Philadelphia. And now that we have, you know, Carson Wentz, who I'm surprised neither of us have kind of poked fun at that injured both of his ankles. Um, now that he's out for a little bit, you know, we're going to have a mix of what Jacob Eason and Brett Hundley. And I would assume that, you know, the safety blanket of a tight end is probably going to be the, the, the theme here for the next couple of weeks. So I would be in on Jack Doyle. Okay. But for a friend, okay. I don't know who this guy is, but for a friend, would you start Jack Doyle or would you start Mike Gusecki? Doyle. Okay. I, I just, I don't, I don't trust Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I, I think we've seen what he can do and what he's capable of. We know he's playing this weekend. I I do like Gesicki as a player, but even with Tua in there, we weren't seeing him really get targeted. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm going to go with with between those two. Okay. Well, you know, do we have anything from the Instagram today? No, no mailbag questions today, but we're always open and ready to take some questions if you got them. Remember, we are at Cover 2 Fantasy Football. That's Cover to the number Fantasy Football, uh, and you can find us on Instagram. Well, perfect. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and like always, Cover 2. Cover 2.